This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hey there, I'm Ross McDaniel, founder of The Local Growth Formula. I believe that thriving local communities are built on the backs of strong local businesses and the consumers that frequent them. Ross, thank you so much for being here. I, th- I have such a strong feeling about local businesses as well. This is going to be awesome because we're going to tie in this idea of kind of local businesses as well as the thing everybody's talking about, Google Local, and kind of how to improve your overall results on Google Local and tie that into your overall marketing strategy. So the title for the show today is Data-Driven Growth, Local SEO That Works. So I feel like this is something a lot of people talk about and a lot of people try out and then they can't quite nail it from the beginning. And so there's a pretty quick rate of just kind of giving up and assuming that it doesn't work. So let's start first with, obviously, the title of the show is data-driven growth. So that kind of gives away some of what we're going to talk about. But let's start with some happy stories about like, how have you seen local SEO work for your clients? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the happy stories are always the best stories, right? Yeah, exactly. Give some inspiration. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Okay, so I don't think we can have happy stories without outlining the problem first, right? Yes, and okay. How did somebody achieve that, right? And so my happiest stories come from clients who, to be honest, who pick up the phone. I think that's actually the number one killer of local businesses who go after um, local SEO or local ads and you know try to do this local search thing. They end up getting a, a bunch of leads, quality or not, doesn't really matter because they're not picking up the phone. And so, you know, a number of attorneys that I've worked with or or other home service providers, the ones that are crushing it are ones that have a dedicated person on the other end of the phone, ready and not even just ready, but eager and happy to pick up a, a new leads phone call. This sounds like such a ridiculous marketing tip and trick, but I will say I have seen so many surveys. I know Clio has one. I know a handful of different ones that talk about how many firms don't answer their phone and or they answer it and it's like a a voicemail or you know god forbid like an answering machine from like 1982 yeah Yeah, absolutely so let's just start with the fact that you're you have a business and you have to have someone answering the phone so i use an answering service and it is very cheap in comparison to hiring an actual live human being to be sitting there waiting for the phone to ring all day, every day. So, you know, it's a few hundred bucks a month and they literally are staffing my phones all the time and they are so happy. And I'll just say, I use Ruby receptionists. They are not sponsoring this podcast, but they, they work with a lot of law firms. That's kind of their main bread and butter. And that's where they started. So that's why I'm mentioning it because I highly recommend it. If someone's looking for this, it is such a low 
cost way to solve a massive problem. They are way happier to answer the phone than I ever am. Like I just exactly. like for a long time, just would ir- be so irritated. I'd be in the middle of a project, you know, doing all the work for my current clients. And then the phone rings out of the blue and I have to stop everything. And so that's not really a great way to run your business. So I won't belabor this too much longer, except to say that you will be doing a better job than a lot of your competitors. Like this is such a low barrier to entry. Right? Yeah. Yeah, We don't don't have to reach very high to get immediate returns. Yeah. Right. And so before all the tactics that, yeah. Exactly. And Ruby will connect with my Calendly. So they will schedule kind of appointments with me and do all these great little things where they, the, the person on the line feels like they were handled. They didn't just get pushed off to somebody else. Their question and need was addressed and in a super friendly, nice, um, pleasant way. And then I get an email. It's it's such a great system. So I highly recommend. This doesn't even feel like marketing, but it, it apparently needs to be said. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. Okay, I mean, so number one, yeah, answer your phone <laughs> or have your phone answered. Number one is answer your phone or have your phone answered for sure. And I think they're like building on that. Yes, that's not a it's not a marketing tactic, right? But it is a fulfillment tactic. And I saw one of your other guests uh, recently on the podcast talks all about, you know, driving leads to actually closed cases. And I think this is one of the big things because anything you do on the front end, whether it's local SEO, optimizing your Google business profile or whatever else. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna grow your business if you don't actually close it. Yes, and I think the person that you're talking about, they were talking about. Listen, if you the average firm is getting about a two percent conversion rate, and so rather than you know, so if you assume there's a hundred people coming to your website and you're only getting two of them, and rather than trying to go get a second hundred, maybe you just do a better job with those ninety eight that aren't converting. And now yeah. all of a sudden you've doubled your conversion rate without having to go get more traffic. Does Ruby allow you to actually go in and do scripts for the people answering the phone and actually yes. do, send them down specific pathways too? Yes, absolutely. And then and then I can have them schedule, I can have them sent to certain links. So yeah, there's there's a lot of options there. And I know that my needs are pretty basic. I don't actually get a lot of phone calls. I get mostly emails, but I need to have the phones covered. So I don't use all of the features that they have. Even I know there's a lot of things that they can do that I'm not even using because I don't necessarily need it. But yeah, there's so many different um, things that you can have them do. They'll they'll basically walk through an intake questionnaire, basic, you know, like name, email address, phone number, that kind of stuff. So you can get them to really capture and feel like they're a part of your team. For sure. Man, yeah. this is turning into the uh, Yellow Pages Round 2 <laughs> podcast, isn't it? Right, exactly. Okay, so coming back to the next step. you Let's assume that you've got somebody answering your phone. You figured that piece out. You are doing better than average with that. And you're now trying to figure out this whole local SEO thing. So what's your recommendation for the first step that someone, that a law firm should take when they're first kind of dipping their toe into the local SEO water? Yeah, well, we got to look at the things that, that Google looks at the most and favors the most, right? I mean, yeah. one, they love a, a well put together and well populated Google business profile. We just need yes. that to be done. It's free. You just go out and claim it. You know all the information there better than anybody else. Claim that thing, make it active, put stuff up there. I think the next thing after that, go back through your book of business, go back through all the cases you've done 
and send a quick email to every single person that's ever engaged with you that had a positive outcome, or even not a positive outcome, but you had a great relationship with, and ask them for a five-star review. I think yes. those two things are the two single most impactful and free things that you can do to make immediate impact. Yes. Okay, so talk a little bit about how you've seen that work, because I think people hear you say that and they're like, eh, what do you mean immediate impact? Like, what, yeah. what, is, what does that really mean? Okay, so I always hedge my bets, right? With local SEO yeah. specifically, I'm always saying, hey, three to six months, we'll get you up there, so on and so forth. But when you start to break things down, there's, there's really two areas that you want to be. One is the Google Map Pack. There's three listings within Google Maps that show up at the top of search results. You want to be there. And then there's the organic search rankings themselves. And there's typically only three on the you know, no scroll of the first, first page. But the biggest impact there's going to be in the Map Pack, especially for a local service business. I work with a lot yes. of different home services. Attorneys would fall in that category. And so being right there in the Map Pack is valuable. Just a quick anecdote, I recently, my wife let me go to, to Europe for 10 days. Oh, awesome. Crazy story, side tangent, side quest there. But we, right before that, my team had just onboarded a local chiropractor. He'd been around yeah. for a couple of years doing his thing, uh, but never focused anything on SEO. And this, this is the exception. This is the fastest I've ever seen it. I came back and this man was number one in Augusta, Georgia, town of quarter million people, uh, in the Google Map app. In 10 days. In 10 days. Oh my gosh. Let's 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 uh, hedge it there. That That is uncommon, but it is yes. like, okay, so there's now it what's possible. It can yeah. be done. Yeah. And the two things he did was claim the Google business listing, add some photos up there, and then we got like 50 reviews from past clients. Oh, and, you know, yeah. that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, let's talk about the reviews just for, to kind of underscore that a little bit, because it sounds like he went from zero to 50, right? Like within those 10 days. Okay. And because we're, you know, talking about sort of apples to oranges, it's a chiropractor, obviously. Sure. How competitive is that market? Yeah, in Augusta, um, where I'm from, it's semi-competitive. It's not like the okay. least. There's, you know, it sounds probably to people on the West Coast like a put-on town, but it's the third largest metro area in Georgia, and we, we've got a few, but it's not okay. Atlanta. It's not a big city, yeah. Okay, so there's not like hundreds of, like, you no. know, a law firm like you would find in, in Atlanta where you've got like hundreds of competing firms, right, but it's, yeah. he's not the only one, right? Yeah, there's 15 okay. or so. Yeah, 15, 20. Okay, and so he went out and did exactly what you said, went out, got a whole bunch of reviews, and within 10 days, so let's just extrapolate out a little bit. Let's assume that you've got a little bit more competitive area, there's more sure. population, there's you know more going on. Even if you're saying a month or two, like if you haven't ever done this, you could and have done this And your competitors aren't doing it. Right, exactly. And you could have done this two months ago and imagine where you would have been now. Yeah, so, and that's a great point. Start today. I mean, it's like saving, yeah. right? Just start now. Exactly. Because you can't make up for what you didn't do yesterday, but you can start and you can, yeah. you know, at least set yourself up for next month or the month after that. And like, you know, like we said, it's free. It's, you know, it's it's a low barrier to entry. You already have those clients who were positive quality. It's just a matter of, and maybe it's not even you, maybe it's someone in your office that goes, sends out some emails, make sure you put the link in to get those reviews and you're going to see results on some level. Just ask. Yeah. Just ask. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. All right. So let's say we've done that. It's been a few months. 
and we're starting to get numbers and some metrics. And how do we look at those numbers and figure out what matters? Mm, that's a great question. Well, I think immediately people are going to be trying to, to point out, well, look, I'm number one, or look at yeah. my impression spike because you're number one. So people are going to be able to see you more, right? Uh, or my clicks or whatever else. But really, we're trying to get further down. The, at the end of the day, we want a close case. We, we want yes. to land this case, right? And so the numbers that I'm looking for at that point are, has my call volume from Google Business picked up? Are yes. we actually seeing people engage with it in the way that we would like? Let's say that hasn't happened, but click volume's increased. Well, have they filled out my schedule a consult or, or schedule the, the introductory meeting? Have they done that on my site? Let's look at yep. those lag metrics to see is the efforts, are the efforts that we're, we're putting in actually effective or is this all vanity? And then you can weigh out, is the cost worth it? Um, because vanity yes. metrics still have value. Okay, so what's a lag metric? Ah, good question, sorry, lingo, jargon. Yeah, lag metric that, would be... Well, I know what it is, but I just want to clarify. Right, <laughs> right. no, you're so right, uh, forgive me. What, what's on the back end of, uh, what's our ultimate goal? And what metrics would say, hey, you're meeting your objective, you are going to reach your goal. Those yes. are the lag metrics. So if you're trying to land cases, well one, you know, a landed case is a lag metric, but like what's right before that? It's probably a yes. phone call, it's probably a form fill, maybe even a click on a CTA, something like that. Yeah, okay. All right, so those are the numbers that you need to be paying attention to. It's not just those top line numbers that this is, these are the numbers when I have these first intake calls, typically, these are the numbers they lead with. And it's like, I don't care how many people are clicking on your Google business yeah. profile. Like you said, this is a vanity metric. It sounds nice to say, I'm getting 10,000 clicks a month. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that mean for your firm? Does that actually convert? Is that bringing in any money? Is it bringing in any cases? Is that actually working? Or is it a bunch of 12-year-olds in Bangladesh who are just clicking to the give fluff. you some numbers? Yeah, and it means nothing beyond that one click. So, you know, w what is this? And where does it lead? And how does it support what, whatever the goal is for your firm? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. I think there's some clarity that can be had there too because at, at, at some level, maybe you're ranking, you're an attorney and you're ranking for attorney, but come to find out, you're a, I don't know, uh, a family attorney and I'm going to find out most of the people clicking are personal injury seekers, right? And yes. that's just not worth it either. That's actually worse. You're getting a bunch of traffic to your site that's, that's totally irrelevant. Uh, right. So understanding those lag metrics is going to be helpful in interpreting the lead metrics, the clicks, right. the impressions. So. Yeah, exactly. And making sure that you're fine tuning too, because over time you may be capturing, like you're describing the wrong info. And the example that I will provide is that we do photography services. So we have a network of photographers around the country that will go out, do headshots, come into your office, you know, do videos, all of that stuff. But when we were creating the page that describes those services, we were doing all the research on the SEO and it was cross-referencing things like wedding photographers. And it's like, no, 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 I do not want those leads. That is such a waste of my time. Yeah. It doesn't even sort of have a parallel. Like no. those clients are not even sort of parallel or like even 
even if you're getting personal injury leads, maybe there's a referral there. Like there's something you could maybe work out of that. But for me to get like a wedding photographer lead, no, I don't want that. So that, so you also have to take a look at your content to make sure that you are excluding the stuff that does not align and making sure that if you are ranking for certain things, so looking at all your data, making sure that when you look at what's happening and what people are searching for, if I were to be getting wedding photographer searches, I want to make sure to go in and strengthen the exclusion against that kind of that kind of traffic. So it's, it's important to know what you don't want also so that you're really fine tuning and getting into the, the good stuff. Karen, I can just see you out there on a Saturday with a, with a second. Just it's beautiful. We're we're getting some great shots of the bride and the groom. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Just for some extra spare, that's right. you know, side gig kind of. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that the leads is... are coming in. We got to use them. Right, exactly. That I don't is... know. Maybe you're a family attorney and you want some personal injury injury stuff too. I mean, we can make that happen. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there is there is an argument for some of those leads being valuable and you doing like a referral out to a different attorney if you have that. But at the same time, more likely than not, a lot of that is just going to be a waste of time. And so you don't want people, you know, calling that that aren't the right kind of clients for your firm. Okay, so what do we need to think of in terms of mobile and how people are looking at your profile on mobile and what, what do we need to do to optimize for mobile? Because a lot of our firms, that's their first impression. So if it's like a DUI attorney and they're coming out of jail or, you know, something like that, they need the majority of those clients are coming through to their site on mobile. And so yeah. what do we need to do to make sure that we're kind of reaching them in, in the right way? Yeah, well, I can tell you on, on mobile specifically, the best way to get Google to love you is to create an incredible user experience. So throw out all the SEO you know, tips, tricks, and whatever that you've ever heard, and just create an incredible user experience. Like you yeah. said, most people are, they know what they want and they know what they need when they're, when they're searching on their phones. Yeah. So let's give them that immediately right out of the gate. Right. And so usually, you know, when you have talked to those clients in the past, you know what they need. They need your phone number. They need to know, you know, they need to know probably three main things that you, you know, each of your firms are going to have different needs for that. And so make that really clear and obvious. Don't make them hunt around because if you yeah. make them hunt around, they're going to just click to some other website that does make it clear and obvious. And having a clear call to action is probably the, the, the number one game changer there is. A lot of times people are quick to say, hey, here's what we do and how we do it, but there's no channel of engagement. And so yeah. especially on mobile, how can we call? Yeah. Okay. And so then the flip side is how can we integrate local SEO with kind of offline marketing? So any sort of events, speaking opportunities, you know, whatever other kinds of traditional marketing a firm might be doing, how can we integrate the kind of local, how can we get people that we meet at those kinds of things to either pay attention to or kind of integrate both of these together? How, is there a way to do that or is it two just different balls of wax? No, I mean, I think everything we do when we're talking about you know, four key ingredients of growth, right? Of local growth, visibility, competency, social proof and referral. I mean, they're all connected and they're medium agnostic. So if we're at an event or we see a billboard outside, 
Well, we want to make sure that we don't ignore brand. I think that's a hesitation a lot of times. People don't want to spend the time on investing in their own brand, but you'd be surprised, especially in the attorney space, how many people are ranking for other people's brand terms. So we should protect our own, right? Like we need to make sure that ABC attorneys at law needs to come up when people search for ABC attorneys at law. Yeah. Okay, let's go back because you really quickly mentioned the four key components of growth there. I want to kind of underline and spend an extra minute on those. So let's go back. What, cool. what, what are those? I, let's repeat that. Number one, visibility. Like how okay. visible are you to your community, right? To, you, to the people that you serve. Number two, competency. How good are you at what you do? You got to be at least as good as the competition, preferably better. This goes yeah. back into the phone call conversation we had. Yes. Three, social proof. Are people talking about your business in a way that's publicly, highly publicly visible and favorably? And then last is referral. And this ties into social proof, but are are people actually out there selling for you? The number one converting tool that we have as business owners across the board is people selling for us and vouching for our business. Well, and I will say the majority of the firms that I talk to, that is their entire marketing strategy. So as much as I totally believe in referrals and how that drives your growth and all of that, um, I do think that a lot of people spend their entire thought process and strategy only on that one element. And so, yes, it is important. It is one of the four kind of pillars, but it's one of the four pillars. It's one of the four. It's not, it's not your entire strategy because to put your entire strategy in someone else's hand is a little reckless, I feel like. You have to have yeah. a plan to get business yourself, not just count on your neighbors. Well, I think there's also like passive referral marketing and active referral marketing too, right? Yes. I mean, yes. I, the people you're describing, it sounds like is much more of a passive activity, uh, which you and I may have fallen into that ourselves at some point where the business sure. just keeps rolling in because people are talking about us. But I think there's a way to be even more intentional about that within your larger marketing strategy. Are we creating clear and clean pathways for people to actually submit a referral? Are we incentivizing them to submit a referral? Are we asking for a referral? I mean, those are things that we should be doing as the business business owners, whether that's through email or through a Google ad or a Facebook ad or anything else. There are ways right. to be active in our referral marketing too. Well, and you described like, you know, we, we get busy because all the business is kind of rolling in, but where is it rolling in from? Sometimes for me, that means there's a certain place where I've guest posted or been on a certain podcast. And so it's rolling in from that. So that's me being active, going out and doing a True. thing. And then it rolls in from that. So yes, that's a referral source, but that didn't just happen out of nowhere. Like that's that it required me to do a thing first. Intentionality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think I like that just the, that definition or the, the 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 what's the word I'm looking for the kind delineation. of clear, delineation that's it between that active referrals and the passive referrals because it really makes people less lazy I guess yeah, <laughs> it I kind of so. like requires it requires a little work so this is your this is your livelihood you got to kind of get out there and do some things but then there's these other elements so visibility this is how are you showing up where are you showing up how does how does it look when you show up what are what language and message are you using so this kind of ties all back to this whole local SEO thing where where are you when people search and does your profile come up what what else kind of fits under that visibility category 
Yeah, I mean, you and I are digital marketers, but I mean, let's be honest, for local businesses, out of home stuff can have a huge impact. That falls under visibility. We yeah. can't just hang our shingle anymore and just say, hey, come on, come all. We yeah. have to be out there where people are. Now, I will say, your building can be in that visibility category too. Sure. I mean, you could have prime real estate, but is that like the best investment of your funds? Could you like make that go further? Um, so I, exactly. I think those fall into that. We got paid search, anything yes. in the Facebook and, um, and Google ad, ad suite there is gonna be, be awesome. Uh, yeah. Video is king right now and getting your face out there on uh, whatever medium and channel you can. Yeah. Those are all visibility efforts. Yeah. Okay, and then competency. I, I love that you tied in the answering the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Showing that, like, you can answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, like, basic core level competency there. <laughs> and this is the hardest one for, for you and I to affect with our clients because yeah. all we can do is empower. And to those of you listening out there, I mean, listen when, when, when folks come and tell you, hey, I had a poor phone experience or, hey, yes. I didn't really know where to go after this. I mean, those are the types of things that help you improve your product because your product isn't just the, you know, the outcome of the case. Your product is the full experience. Yeah, I talk a lot about setting your ego aside. And if you can't take that kind of critical feedback and and like you know, not take it personally. Obviously, it's it kind of sucks to hear that something didn't go right and you didn't have it, you know, set up in the right way. But they're trying to help. And so if you can take that and then make it better, it's like such a good that's that's like quality, quality kind of market research and data that you can, you know, learn and grow from. So or they're not trying to help. And either way, you can still glean valuable insight from negative feedback. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. Okay. And then the last one is social proof. And this is one that I think a lot of people lead with. They kind of lead with their bio or I know everybody's seen a million personal injury sites where they lead with all these dollar signs and we've, you know, won these million dollars of cases and that stuff can be important when it's done right. But when it's the first thing that people come across, it's really kind of smarmy. Um, smarmy, so, that's a good word. Yeah. So what's your recommendation in terms of how to do social proof in a way that actually works and kind of boosts that conversion? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I haven't thought about it this way before, but I do think that there are actually, there, there's different values and tiers of social proof. And I think the most important and most effective tier of social proof would be social proof that is delivered in the form of a, of a review. You know, we've got Google, which is the, the world's number one review platform. Ask for Google reviews, get that star rating up. Not only is it gonna help people that use that to find whatever service they're looking for, it's gonna help Google love you more and get you up there in that map pack. I think yeah. that's the number one way. I do too. And because the reason it's so great and the reason I think it works is because it's not you talking about yourself. It's yeah. other people giving their review and it just Go holds ahead. so much more trust and validity. Like it just seems uh, more true. Uh, even if they're saying the same thing that you were going to say about yourself, it just feels more true. Yeah. I think underneath that, like taking some of that social proof and turning it into a testimonial, yeah. the testimonial becomes a case study, the case study becomes yep. anecdotal, you know, that's kind of the tears down of, of social proof there. 
Yeah, exactly. But you just talking about like where you went to law school and how many millions of dollars you've you've won. Yeah, I don't know, but probably not. Um, no, that was yeah. non-committal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so it is now time for the book review. If you haven't checked it out, as a listener, we have this awesome library on the website. So when you are going to the website to listen or watch the the uh, show, you'll see that there's a library there. All the guests on the show have provided a book review for something that somewhat tangentially relates to what we're talking about. And so there's all these cool books. You know, and it's if you're looking for a great summer read or fall read, whatever, you know, whatever season it may be when you're listening to this episode, go check out the library. So, Ross, what is the book that you're going to recommend for the, the library and the audience today? All right. This one's kind of funny, but everybody's seen uh, some of these videos before by the Harmon Brothers and uh, a guy named Chris J.H. Jones um, basically wrote a memoir or a, uh, a biopic of, about the Harmon brothers and their philosophy on visual storytelling. It's called from poop to gold. Nice. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. If you're looking to get into video and visual storytelling and even beyond that, just like storytelling in general, I think is the cornerstone of marketing and they do a yes. great job of, you know, explaining some of the Harmon brothers magic. Awesome. Okay. From Poop to Gold, we will obviously link to that on the show notes, on the page for the show, but then also in the library. So, Ross, what is one big takeaway you'd like people to get from this episode? Yeah. Maybe it's simple, but answer the phones. I think that's so the number good. one. Yeah. Yes. I think that's the number one. Just answer uh, the phones. It's so sad that we have to say that. And that's like what what our main piece of, of advice is here. But honestly... It's so true. You are missing out on a lot by thinking that you don't need to do that or that people will get in touch with you a different way. Like cover that base. Like let's talk about the basic, basic pieces of your business. Like let's, right. let's get that done for sure. Back to the basics. Simple <laughs> yeah. is clear, clear, simple. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Ross McDaniel is a growth strategist and the founder of the Local Growth Formula. Thank you for being here. This was a great conversation. Thanks so much, Karen. This is awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.